I have selected um, a passage from Hebrews chapter 11 that follows very nicely with the theme uh, from Habakkuk that we've been studying in the morning. And so I'm, I'm going to read the entire chapter. Uh, I would like you to listen to God's word and to, to um, pick up the theme that um, what, the, what the, the life of the stranger looks like, uh, the life of the one who is longing to be home but is living here. Uh, and it is the life, of course, again, as we've said from Habakkuk time and time again, uh, the life of faith. Uh, This is what is known as the by faith chapter. This is God's word. Um, Follow along with me. Um, Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, uh, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having uh, having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham um, obeyed when he was called to go out to a place um, that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age since she was considered, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All these died in faith, not having received the things promised, not having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland, If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. 
He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his, the sons of J- Joseph, bowing uh, in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as if on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the fire, the, the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. What a majestic, glorious passage of Scripture. Pray with me. We ask, O Lord, that we would uh, gain some uh, glimpses of your wisdom as we have read this amazing account of the faith of your people tried by the circumstances in which they lived, looking forward all the while to the land of promise that they had not yet received. We look forward to behold the new heavens and the new earth. We look forward to beholding the face of Jesus Christ, upon whom rests 
your glory. Strengthen us on our journey. In the name of this Christ. Amen. Truly, this is a hall of fame, a hallway um, lined with the pictures of heroes of the faith who believed God uh, apart from uh, uh, any uh, strong earthly evidence or reason to do so. They lived by faith in Christ. And that is an, a counterintuitive thing to do. What I mean by that, it is not the life that you would expect. You get things that you did not expect as you uh, trust in this Christ. It is also countercultural. That is, you do things that people are not expected to do because you're not from here. Uh, you're from heaven. A couple of quick examples. Abel uh, sacrificed an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. Uh, uh, and this righteous act cost him his life. Noah called to build a ship inland. I don't know if you remember that there was a comedian once that had a little, a little story on Noah uh, that uh, the Lord called to Noah. And Noah said, what? He said, I want you to build an ark, a ship for your family. What? Crazy. Um, Abraham, he didn't use quite those words. Abraham was homeless um, in the land that was promised and had to buy a plot, a grave, a cave to marry his wife. Or to, I'm sorry, to bury his wife. Um, he died um, in faith, earnestly seeking a new homeland, a city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. Um, he believed God for things that he did not possess. And notice it was unthinkable, we see in, um, in, in uh, verses 13 and following, in unthinkable for him to go back to Ur, his old homeland. He could not. He had his eyes set forward uh, to the promised land. So he lived as a stranger and as exiles, as did, the, as did the rest of those listed here in this passage. I want to make just a couple of, a couple of points uh, this, this evening uh, out of this passage. Um, one, one is that you may feel at home here, but you're not. You may feel at home here, but you're not. We, we do, uh, as we were led in singing earlier tonight, we do praise God for all the things that he has made. We are comfortable. We have many things to enjoy. Some of the things that many of us are enjoy are our families, um, our friends, a measure of wealth, pepperoni pizza, manicotti, uh, the light green of the, of the trees around us as, as spring has, has come upon us, the fruit trees in bloom, time shares for play and uh, profit shares for work. These are things that are offered by this world that make living here more comfortable than perhaps it should be. We invest our hearts here too, and we tend to call this place home. But it's a dangerous place. And the story of Odysseus uh, makes that uh, very clear to us. Remember when he was on his journey home uh, in the ship, and, and he and his uh, sailors uh, passed the, the island where there, there was the siren song uh, coming uh, off of that island. 
It was enticing in its sound. The enchanting uh, voices beckoned the ships to come forward. Many did, and and ships had crashed upon the the shores. There were the bleached bones of sailors who had come before them uh, in order because they've succumbed to the siren song. And do you remember what Odysseus had his crew do? They were to put wax in their ears so that they would not hear the music. They would not be seduced by the siren song. But they said to, but he said to them, strap me to the mast. Because I want to hear it. I, I want, I want that sound. I want that enticement. And if I beg you to go ashore, lash me tighter. We, too, have siren songs, things that beckon us to love the things of this world more than we should. You, right now, think of your own. We are comfortable. There are many things to enjoy, and there are things here that we are not to enjoy because we are taking them out of their context in which God has given them to us. But you are not at home. You live by faith as strangers and aliens and exiles. Moses himself was a counter-cultural citizen in Egypt. Uh, He was not doing what he was expected to do. Verses 25 and 26. Uh, He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated Choosing, rather, to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for his reward. Let, Let me go on. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He endured, he endured the suffering in Egypt and the suffering from Pharaoh because his eyes were forward looking unto Jesus. And he preferred to suffer for the future blessings of Christ named rather than stay in that seductive home. And so he teaches us that there are ways that we are to look at our money, the way Moses looked at wealth in his day. Uh, uh, several several years ago, I preached a, 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 mess, a series of messages on giving, and uh, and, I, and I recall making these three points: that there are three reasons, primary reasons, why we are to give money away. They are there are three reasons for us to give generously. First of all, you ought to, you ought to. God commands it. He has given you resources. You are a steward. Secondly, uh, you want to, uh, because of Christ's sacrifice, um, you respond with generosity because Christ has been generous with you. And the third one, which, which impinges on our message here, is you need to give. You need to give. You need to give so you are free of it. You need to give to break the addictive power of stuff. And you have a goal as a Christian to live below your means. There should be a noticeable difference in your lifestyle as compared to your neighbors who might make the same amount of money as you. 
Because you are, you are conspicuous in your contributions, not in your consumption. This is a countercultural way to live as we follow that example of, of Moses. Uh, we hold things lightly. We rejoice. We rejoice to lose things. Uh, individuals in the previous chapter had compassion upon those who were in prison, and it cost them very much. Uh, they uh, joyfully accepted the plundering of their property since they knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Think of yourself um, going home and you see some smoke arising from somewhere in the vicinity of your home and you drive down the street and lo and behold, the fire trucks are parked in front of your house, pummeling your house with water. It's almost like the apostle here is saying you should celebrate because that's not really where you live. You have an eternal and abiding home. They rejoiced at the loss of property. So rooted in the future they were. Joyfully accepted the plundering of their property, waiting for the better possession and an abiding one. We're called also by the Lord Jesus as exiles here to uh, love our enemies, to forgive them even when they don't ask for it, to pray for them, to bless them uh, without um, expecting anything back. This is the lifestyle of those who um, are, are not at home here. While we can feel that way, we are not at home here. A- and we have our eyes focused ahead, just as the individuals in this passage do, because God is proudly preparing a much better home for you. It's a strange way for me to say it. But he is proudly, he is gladly preparing a much better home for you. Um, they, in verse 16, um, let, let, me read, let me read 13 to 16 again. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that homeland from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Uh, He has prepared a homeland, a better country, a heavenly one, better than even the promised land, the land flowing with, with milk and honey. You remember that when the 12 tribes went in to explore the land, they came back with fruits and vegetables so heavy that it bent the bar that they, for with which they were carrying uh, those goods. Succulent and lovely, but that is nothing compared to what awaits us um, in heaven. And even our appreciation of stuff here is really an indication that we were made for a more eternal and substantive life. Let me explain. Lewis put it this way. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. I had this sense when I was at a wedding uh, recently. The son of a very, very good friend of mine uh, was married, and uh, there was a great dinner, 
and uh, there was uh, just uh, it was so glad that this young man was marrying into the great family that he was, and, and yet with all of the festivities, all of very good friends around me, it, it, the primary sense that I had coming away from that was I had an ache for a different wedding banquet. I had an ache for a greater marriage feast when the bride was finally made ready for her husband. We are headed for a perfect place because God is there. Every inch of that city is, is, uh, is beautiful and it is perfect. It is full of happiness and full of glory for it is full of God. Let me remind you, as, even as Pastor Church has gone through Revelation recently, uh, Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of, wa- of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Um, you have, uh, you live here with a hope for that glorious future and to see your Savior, not just to see your mom who went before you and not just so you can walk without arthritic knees, but to see the face of of your Savior, to see the glory of God on the face of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Well, what draws your heart to your new home? What draws your heart to your new home? Another way to ask that question is what quiets the siren's song now? It it, it certainly is this, that God is not ashamed to be called your God. And I think that is an understated way of, of saying it. God is pleased to be called your God. He has called you. His 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 name is written uh, on your name is written on his hand, and we saw in Revelation, his name is written on your forehead. He is pleased to be your God. A couple of reasons I think we can see from this text. First of all, he has made uh, you a heavenly city, and he is proud of it. It is an excellent city. It is a beautiful city. It is just what he ordered, just what he would like for you. He is proud of that city. But secondly, since you desire it more than anything on earth, God is proud, is pleased to be called your God. He is pleased with that because you desire the city you cannot see more than you desire the shiny things that you do see. Because of that, that is evidence 
that you are, are destined for heaven and God is pleased with you because of that. Not a sh- um, I think we get a flavor of this in the second chapter of, of Hebrews where, where it says that Jesus is, is again, not ashamed uh, to call you brothers and sisters. Um, at, at present, he is not only an, an object of our worship, but he is also our worship leader as he teaches us through his word, as he, he leads us by his spirit to adore him. Um, uh, tell of your name to my brothers. He leads in, in the congregation in, um, as his word is delivered uh, for his people. He leads the congregation as we are singing psalms uh, that, were in, that were inspired uh, by his very breath. He is leading us in worship. So you see, he's not just not ashamed to be called our brother. He is leading us with unbelievable joy and inviting us into that unbelievable, un- immeasurable joy of seeing him and seeing him forever in glory. God is pleased to call you his people in large part because you are pleased to have your destiny to that future com- country and not settle for what is here before you. I, I, can we say this? God is happy with the arrangement of being your God. I call it an arrangement because we each have our part to play in that. Um, his promises are for you. He promises you eternal life. He promises you solid joys and lasting treasures in him, lasting pleasures in him. Your part, your part of the arrangement, you simply come to him and believe. With nothing in my hands I bring. I just come believing in the blessed work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You put your faith in Him. And then, because you believe you're connected to Jesus, He then further blesses you with this new city where you will finally and fully be at home, where He will get all the glory. That's the arrangement God has designed for you. To give you these rich blessings and say, your part is simply to believe and enter into the joy of my presence, enter into the joy of, of the future glory that we will see in Him. And nothing silences the siren song like knowing that God is happy to be your God. Because Jesus was not lashed to a mast, but to a cross where he died for your sins and for mine to set us free from that tyranny. And so we follow him. We do follow him. We've learned obedience from him. From, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And we follow him in that obedience, uh, being prepared uh, to be weaned from this world and to be joined to the next. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for um, just an amazing portion of Scripture that can lift us and carry us this week as we turn our eyes towards you, as we behold the glory of Christ, the things of this world do grow strangely dim. The siren song is strangely quieted, and we even find it repulsive. And so we give you praise and glory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's sing together, Guide Me, O Thou.